This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. My name is Adam Glenn, joined by my buddy Dax Holt. How are you, sir? We are not friends, but go for it. <laughs> we are allies. Uh... And this is our uh, our top 10 stories of the week, our weekly rundown, where we give you the top 10 stories of the week, give you our little opinions on it, and uh, fill you in so you have a little bit of knowledge in the entertainment world before the weekend comes. This week was a fun week because it was just kind of unique news stories, and we're going to get to the mm-hmm. stories. Um, before we get to the stories, we read reviews live on air. Dax, do you have some reviews ready for us? I got some reviews for us. All right, this one comes from Megan Elizabeth G. Great. Five stars. Very entertaining and keeps my attention. Perfect podcast. I love it because we are the perfect podcast. At least that's what my mom says. All right. That's very nice. Next one, <laughs> next one <laughs> comes from Courtney Dowling. Uh, I downloaded two different apps just to leave this review. Oh, shit. Look at you, Courtney. Stepping up. Uh, five stars. I am not usually one to leave reviews, but Dax and Adam finally convinced me after listening. Uh, I listened to 15 different downloaded episodes while on a transatlantic flight sans Wi-Fi. Fantastic podcast charismatic hosts and great stories you won't hear anywhere else all right where do we frame this review this might Uh, be one of my favorite reviews of all time like very nice to think that we got her through her transatlantic flight i love that okay and then one last one Fantastic interviewers from a KBS 7601. My goodness, Cheryl Burke must have been so hard to interview because <laughs> she was not yes. giving you much to work with. You guys handled it so well and professionally. Also, it is not a weird question to ask if someone has ever gotten a boner while dancing with her. <laughs> Great job. You know what? I don't know how many reviews have the word boner in it, and we might be one of the first, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, thank you guys for leaving reviews. If you no, want to do that, you, just go you. to uh, iTunes, put in Hollywood Raw Podcast, go to the bottom and put in five stars, say a few kind words, and we actually read your review live on air. Shout out to everyone in our Facebook group. Uh, I met a lot of them in uh, at, during BravoCon this past weekend, last weekend, and uh, we had a really cool thing in our private Facebook group. It's uh, called Off the Record, and um, it's uh, yeah, people are. I, I, I saw videos. Photos of you taking pictures with some people there, which yeah. I thought was kind of fun to see you uh, getting asked for photos, which I was like, so what? I, it was Stop pretty that. It's Adam. It was so nice. I mean, listen, but, you know, I'm not on the red carpet. I, what I do is not pretty, but I get the job done. However, we gave people in our group ex, uh, cool access where they got to meet some of the stars before BravoCon got hectic and the celebrities were just tired and... Um, yeah, some of this, you know, so some of the people in our in our group got to, you know, meet their favorite celebrities, Bravo stars, and just have and a really you. cool experience. <laughs> and me. So that was really good. Um, so check out our, our private Facebook group. It's called Off the Record on Hollywood Raw on Facebook. Um, now let's get to our top 10 stories of the week. Dax, what's number 10? Uh, number 10. Well, it was going to be that Mackenzie Scott donated $845 million to Girl Scouts. However, it is no longer... Mackenzie, take your money somewhere else because we don't report on it here in the Hollywood yeah. Raw podcast. We're talking about number 10 being Lana Del Rey losing a 200-page book uh, that she was writing for, um, I guess, about her life. So if you remember, this was a couple of months back, 
She was parked on, on Melrose Avenue here in Los Angeles. She stepped away from her car, and I guess her backpack got swiped out of her car. It had inside of it her laptop and a bunch of stuff, a camera, I believe, as well in there, and like multiple hard drives. Well, she, uh, during an Instagram Live video, said that it was her backpack and took all of it, but inside of her laptop was a 200-page book she was working on for Simon & Schuster, and she also lost like family footage on the camcorder. Uh, But that being said, she had to wipe the computer remotely, and she didn't have the the 200-page book backed up on the cloud anywhere, so all of her hard work went out the window and down the drain. That being said, she did say, with all that being said, she does have a ninth album on the way. Well, that's a good part, uh, but that is terrible. And here's the one thing I take away from this. I mean, first of all, terrible thing to happen. It just sucks. Can you imagine losing your laptop and, like, everything that's on it? I mean, I guess you could say, oh, you should have had it backed up. But, you know, you say that. It's always good to say – everyone's going to say that after it happens. However, of course. with when at a time when a lot of celebrities don't write their book, she was actually writing her own book, it seems like. So I think props to her for that. Because a lot of celebrities hire ghostwriters and they write their book for them. Mm-hmm. No, very, very true. So, bummer for her. And I was joking about Mackenzie uh, <laughs> Scott because obviously her donation was huge. This story just happened to be more our style. So that's why <laughs> we entered it in. But no, really, props to Mackenzie. That is a incredible donation, the biggest donation that the Girl Scouts have ever received. So, yeah. All right. Moving I'm excited on for Lana, I am excited for Lana Del Rey's new album. I, she's always just kind of interesting her sound, so I'm curious what her sound will be for her next album. And we just haven't heard from her a lot in the past few years, so that's going to be cool to hear. All right, number nine. Number nine, Teresa Jude. Is it Judice? Judice? Judice. Hell to say Judice. Her name. Judice. Um, she has confirmed she did not sign a prenup before marrying her her recent husband Louis or Luis. Uh, she told Andy Cohen. So she was there at BravoCon, obviously. Um, while up on stage, a fan came up and asked, "Hey, so did you take Uncle Andy's advice and get a prenup before walking down the aisle again?" And she said. No. And obviously the crowd went wild and they panned over, looked at Andy's face. Andy looked stunned that he's like, are you serious? Like, it's all fun and games to say you're in love because she's she cited true love as the reason she didn't get a prenup. But I'm like, yeah, that's what everyone thinks going into a marriage. But then a lot of marriages go south and then you're like, damn, why didn't I protect myself? Um, So she doesn't seem to be worried about it. You know, it's... um it's funny. So again, I was at BravoCon this past weekend, and uh, I wasn't really at the I wasn't at the Javits Center where it took place. I was more hanging with some of our fans of the podcast at another spot where a lot of the Bravo stars were, and that was the talk of the the group. I would say was we actually saw Teresa and we saw her new husband there, and he was outside smoking a cigarette. He was on his phone, and I didn't say anything to him. No one re- approached him and asked him for photos or anything like that. We just saw him there. But everyone kept saying, like, oh, I don't think he's going to last a year. Now, I think I know that's a terrible thing to say. I think a lot. I didn't say it. Other people were saying that. It's just, you know, you're wishing ill on a relationship, which mm-hmm. is not the warm best thing to do. But I think that is a concern of a lot of Bravo fans that, you know, unfortunately, like, they don't know if this is long term. If it's going to, you know, they if it's going to go to eternity this relationship so it's uh yeah uh and they don't i think some of them are you know skeptic of his motives with marrying her within a year and i i i can kind of understand it but 
whatever, her choice. She wants to uh, risk it all on this guy. Go for it. And it was funny because she said, like, she actually signed a prenup. Uh, well, sorry. Joe had signed a, asked her to sign a prenup before they got married back in the day. And, um, and I guess she was not like pleased with that, which is funny because that relationship actually lasted 21 years. Like that was a successful marriage and they still had a prenup involved all those years back. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if they're happy, that's all that matters. So long as they're happy, good for them. Congratulations. I hope, you know, they're happy. It's, it doesn't look like it's phasing, you know, it's a, it's a something that they think about. So pretty good. Yeah. Okay. All right, number eight. Number eight, Billy Eilish got a new boyfriend. His name is Jesse Rutherford. You may know him from the band The Neighborhood, but they went public this week. There's photos of them all over the place getting all smoochy smoochy and kissing, doing some PDA in Studio City. Uh, cameras caught them while they were out. Hey, and when I say cameras, I mean Clint Brewer got him out, them out, which is, if you listen to Wednesday's episode, uh, we had a very, very well-known photographer on the podcast, and he was the one that shot these photos, and the only reason I know that, because I saw the byline, um, so they are doing really well. I'm sure these photos racked in a ton of money for him and his partner, AIM, uh, but yeah, it seems like, you know, Billy and and Jesse were n- trying not to go public. We had seen photos or video of them one night at Universal Studios, like their scare nights, uh, and then um, and then there was a night that they went out to dinner. Well, now it's it's clearly they are a couple. Yeah, so I I, I think people are. We never really seen her in a relationship. We never, you know. To me, I remember the first time I saw Billie Eilish. It was kind of like boyish, her style and everything like that. But mm-hmm. now we're kind of see the the feminine style come out of her and see her like in a relationship. And she's, I guess she's with someone who seems like when you see them together, like, Oh, that actually, that couple it makes works. Sense. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. They're both in music. They're both kind of artistic. Um, their style just kind of in some way looks like it works well together. So yeah, congratulations to Billie Eilish. It, so. it looks like they both go into the closet and they're like, what, oversized clothes do you want to wear today? <laughs> yeah yeah they definitely share each other's clothes it's gonna happen uh that's a great way of looking at it all right what's uh what's next dex uh next is what number are we on by the way number you know? seven number seven wendy williams she is doing quote unquote better than ever after being released from a wellness facility so et had the exclusive on this this week uh the 58 year old television television personality is now focusing on her health after recent months you know where she was entered into a wellness facility back in august her publicist came forward sean and said that uh, she is home and healing and uh talked about you know like this is wendy's excited about the road to recovery and looking forward to releasing many of her future projects. Um, and so it sounds like she's doing good. Listen, I will believe it all when I see it because I feel that Wendy has come in and out of, um, I guess, situations where she was released from a facility. It didn't actually turn out good. And so I am hoping that this time that is true because I really do wish Wendy the best. Yeah, Wendy is a legend. Uh, she's great at what she does. Unfortunately, she had a little bit of a... Uh a little bit bumps of a, in the road. bumps in the road, you know, and it happens. I, but you're right. I want to see it firsthand. You know, of course, this is just such a PR article. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, of course, we're going to do exclusive ET. And the, here's the thing is the headline's got to be she's doing great. Um, you know, recovery is rehab is it shouldn't be. It's longer than a month, sometimes two months. So I don't want to see her until she's 
healthy, you know? Well. And um, yeah, I want to see her well. I, I am the biggest fan of like celebs going down a, a bad path and then recovering. I, I think the world is like, I'm not even just sure. me. I think the world loves a good comeback story. We've seen it with Brittany, Amanda Bynes. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, there's so many people that have like had a really rough past. I mean, look at I, even this week, Matthew Perry releasing a book. We're going to get into that. Talk about that. We're going to get, that. <laughs> but like, you know, having a really bad time and then coming back from it and thriving. I want that for her. And I think she has a p the possibility of doing that. She's got this new podcast that she is going to be putting out, The Wendy Williams Project, um, which we are open to guest on, Wendy. If you need some celebrity sure. folks, we are here sure. for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but really, I we'll see. Entertainment news in the media they mm -hmm. love a downfall. It's great for stories. It's great for clicks. Everyone tunes in. However, everyone at the end of the day, they love a comeback story. You know, 100%. and I think people want to see the comeback story. At the end of the day, I, you know, I root for people. People want to see people do well. You know, I, it's, I shouldn't say it for everyone. However, in this case, I think no one really dislikes Wendy. She's not like a Kanye type of personality at this point. Uh, but... We want to see a comeback story. Yes, we were tuned into when things weren't going great for her. However, we do want to see her well at the end of the day. So, all right, number six. Number six. Oh, good God. I'm tired of talking about him. But Kanye West uh, put his foot in his mouth once again. Uh, now George, Floyd, George Floyd's daughter has sent a cease and desist. Obviously, she's not old enough to do it, but she sent it through her lawyers uh, to Kanye West. If you have been following this at all, he was on the podcast Drink Champs and uh, basically said that George Floyd was killed by a fentanyl overdose. Uh, despite the medical examiner's testimony saying that fentanyl was not the direct cause of his death, only a contributing factor when he died after being knelt on by the police officer. Why Kanye is deciding to be so controversial and just like, I feel like he literally goes on to podcasts or does interviews just to piss people off that I'm like, at a point, I get it, controversy sells, but now he's facing a 200 and what is $250 million lawsuit from them to basically yeah. say, um, shut your mouth and this is going to be saying like yes freedom of speech is one thing but if you're putting this out there you're directly affecting george floyd's little daughter and the way that people envision her father and all this kind of stuff that like this is causing her emotional distress and they want to make sure they he understands words have consequences so yeah it's uh kanye is just doing a lot of interviews right now and can we talk? Should we talk about this? Let's talk about it. Okay, so I, <laughs> I kind of doing a lot of interviews right now, uh, and and some would say too many. And uh, I, we got a number. Uh, we got <laughs> so we got Kanye West number, and uh, we reached out to him, and Dax so reached out it, because it, I didn't want to do it. If anyone, if anyone's in the private Facebook group, <laughs> this is who I was talking about. We got fucking Kanye's number. And I texted him and accidentally <laughs> FaceTimed him. <laughs> I, he, I, Dax accidentally FaceTimed Kanye West. Like, what do you think oh, he would have done God. if he picked up that phone? And be like, ah, oh, a Jew. <laughs> you know, like, what is. Oh, dude, it was like literally sent text. And then, you know, it like pops back up onto the, like the contact screen. And I like just went to swipe out of it. 
and I hit the call like FaceTime button. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh my! I was embarrassed for you. I was so embarrassed oh, for you after that. God. You know. Anyway, man, well, he, yeah. He he did not respond, which I'm not surprised because we we are the Jews, and he did not uh, answer back to our uh, our request to come on the podcast. Yeah. So uh, maybe he'll come. I don't even want him at this point. Not even because of the anti-Semitic things, because we're two Jews, but it's more of like he's said so much where it's like I'd rather have him. Honestly, I'd rather have him on the comeback if he can. If he can. Not only that, I'm I'm also watching Drink Champs uh, getting wrapped into this lawsuit. And I'm like, yeah, I'd also don't want a lawsuit because he is wild and just says some crazy shit that. You know, I I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, for sure. All right, enough of Kanye. Number five. Number five, Emily Rudajkowski spotted uh, kissing with a new man who is not Brad Pitt. Like, so the, the stories that have been going around for the last couple of weeks that Emily and Brad have been hanging out. And then there's all these photos of her on October 14th in New York City wearing all black, making out with some dude who uh, they claim appears to be DJ Orazio Rispo. Is that how you say his name? I, I don't know who this guy well, is. Well, sh- no one should know who he is. At the end of the day, this is who this guy is. If You, you know, it is a big story because... You know, there was a lot of reports that reports that Emily was dating Brad Pitt, but you know, mm-hmm. it's clear that she was kind of seeing this guy, so that kind of puts the Brad Pitt story kind of behind. However, this guy, yes, you know he's him? a D, No, I don't know him. But if you look up, oh. if you look up who this guy is, he, he's a rich guy. You know, his family mm-hmm. he comes from a lot of money, so he's he's a D, he's a thirty five year old DJ. That's you know, and he's not performing at Coachella. He's doing Brooklyn warehouses, and uh, he comes from a you lot of have, money. You literally have no idea. <laughs> no, it, it is. It's I don't know who he. Nobody knows this who is, this guy this is. is. You being jealous because you wanted to have the the talk about Emily and Brad Pitt to being together. No, I, here's the thing. I actually thought there was some truth to that um, Brad Pitt story because they were both in Europe at the same time. But when you look up mm-hmm. the guy, the DJ. His family is like owns like real estate. They're they're a big real estate company, so you there's a lot though? of money. Like, this couple makes more sense. The Brad and her didn't make a lot of sense because like Brad doesn't normally go like sure. I I, I I think recently, and this is recently. I know he's had very high profile relationships. Gwyneth Paltrow and Juliette Lewis and Jennifer Aniston. But I feel that after um, Angelina, he's like. He doesn't go for the high-profile people because he doesn't want the attention anymore with dating high-profile women. Yeah. So Makes sense. So Emily is a, a higher-profile woman, and I feel that that would just cause him a kind of a, a pain in the neck right it's, now. It's a good look for Emily because, I mean, it's it just— it boosts her star star power. She's been working it though. She's been working the system for a while. You know, she knows the game. She doesn't hide from events. She doesn't hide from paparazzi. She's, you know, she puts I herself am out there. Curious how the paparazzi knew exactly where she was going to be hanging out and where to get the kissing photos. But we're going to move on from that. I'm not. So the shots were exclusive. I, I do wonder. There's definitely some wondering for it because most photographers don't work at night. But and there they was don't some follow Emily Redichkowski around. But but there was some uh, clues or there was some stuff rumbling that she was s- spotted around town with a gentleman. So as a paparazzi, you know, especially a photographer, it is worthwhile to wait outside her house at night because that's when she would hang out with him. 
You're like, oh, we're going to get Brad and her making out. Oh, damn. It's just DJ Orazio. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, well, at first, they didn't even know who the guy was, like spotted with Mystery Man. And then someone outed him like, oh, he's some DJ. So then they're able to say yeah. there was some He outed DJ. himself. He sent an anonymous tip to page By six. the way, hey, that's me. Exactly. All right. Number. <laughs> it looks like DJ me. Okay. Moving yeah. on. Number four. Uh, Haley Bieber and Selena Gomez. I don't know if you guys saw this. Photos of them posing down at the uh, the Academy Museum Gala over the weekend. Obviously, we had to put this into our rundown, even though it was a couple days ago. The two of them hanging out was one of the biggest stories of the week, especially on the heels of Haley Bieber going on Call Her Daddy. Or call, is it Call Her Daddy? Call Me Daddy? Call, call Me call her yeah, Daddy. Call her daddy. Yeah. Why did it sound weird when I said it? Uh, going on <laughs> Call Her Daddy and talking all about Selena Gomez and talking about how she was absolutely not in a relationship with Justin Bieber at the same time as Selena and saying that she has respect for Selena and all of this stuff. Next thing you know, the two of them are posing, hugging. Um, I think this was very much a they knew this would break the internet the second they posed down together. Yeah, uh, oh, of course they knew what they were doing with this photo, especially Selena's back to promote her stuff going on. She's going on, I think she has like new music or she's promoting, she's promoting something right now. So just so happened she's, she, this photo comes out on the heels of her going out and doing some press. Um, I'm sort and of, it's, bo- and the thing is they were friends before Justin Bieber entered the picture. So like these two women were friends, they knew each other, they hung out. Justin entered and, it, you know, obviously Justin had dated Selena. Then he married Haley. Um, but I, I think that it was like their photos are like very much hanging on each other and very close and comfy and looking like they're great friends again. Yeah, it, I'm sort of bored by this story. I know like the Bieber fans and they, they, they everyone had some speculation of what, what happened. Did she ruin the family? And. Uh, did Haley break up Selena and Justin? It the whole thing was just sort of just annoying for me. So I, um, yeah, I'm. This photo is very You're calculated. Good moving on, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> mo- this photo is just very calculated. They know they were going to shake people up and get people talking. I'm surp- I'm not surprised. I'm just like bored that mm-hmm. and, and annoyed that the story got so much press. Okay, that makes sense. Well, then we'll move on because thank you're over. you, thank you, Dax. All right, number three. Talking about Number, comeback stories. Yeah, boy. Uh, Matthew Perry opening up about his addiction journey. He's got a new memoir out called I Am Grateful to Be Alive. Well, I, actually, that's not what it's called. That was just a quote in there. Uh, <laughs> I think that I think what it's called is, hold on, let me find it. It's something like Friends. Ah, fuck. I can't find it right now. Anyway, it talks all about his journey, how he almost died. His colon erupted at one point because of an opioid overdose he was basically on a breathing machine that was pumping his lungs and uh, and his heart and everything for um like weeks uh was in the hospital for two weeks in a coma five or no two weeks in a coma five months in the hospital had to use a colostomy bag for nine months like really really bad shit happened and did any of us know about this we didn't know, I don't think, to the extent of how bad it was. I mean, there's always been photos of him. You heard the rumblings for a long time about no, no, that. Every, he, everyone knew he had substance abuse, substance abuse issues. I mean, he was literally like in and out of rehab a lot. But I don't think anyone knew that he was this close to dying. I guess he was on this machine called an ECMO machine. I don't know what that is. 
Um, this is the one that I like pumps your heart or something. And he said that it's called a Hail Mary and no one survives it. And he was put on that and had a 2% chance of living and survived. Wild, wild. Yeah. It's, um, listen, I, I think it's cool that he's in a good place. Again, we root for, he's a, he's a legend. And, uh, it's, oh, 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 one other part. Sorry. They're doing little excerpts from the book. He said at one point during the friend's reign, he was taking, get this, 55 Vicodin a day. That's a lot. How, how does your body even withstand 55 Vicodin? How, do you, how are you even awake with 55 Vicodin in your body? He was down to 128 pounds at that time. He said he didn't know how to stop. He said if the police came over and said, if you drink tonight, we're taking you to jail. And he said, oh, well, I would have just packed up my stuff because there was no way to get out of it. But... I don't, I don't even know how your body would process that much Vicodin. Like I get sick on one Vicodin, let alone fifty-five. Good God! Yeah, it's um, it's it's weird. I feel like something about the Matthew Perry story. I feel like we all gave up on it for a while because we everyone knew he had an issue, but we kind of were like, for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe it's a a sex thing where you know people jumped on the the female breakdowns but not as much the male breakdowns or maybe it's just timing that you know no one really kind of paid that much attention to the Matthew Perry kind of meltdown or what was going on but you know now he's actually coming forward so we know exactly what was going on there and it's just wild um I and by the way w- I, I did I, I did find the name of the memoir it's called friends lovers and the big terrible thing so that is the name of the book if you want to w- check it out I I feel like this actually might be one of the books that I, I check out. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, very cool. I'm actually going to read. There's uh, Rick Rubin was on uh, Joe Rogan, and uh, I'm interested in Rick Rubin, so I'll check that book out. And you read Matthew Perry, and then we'll t- you know we'll bullshit about the both books, and it'll be nice. Okay, yeah, we'll deal. Have, like an Oprah's book club. Oh, that'd be it'll so just sweet. Be us too. That'd be so nice. All right, number two. This story is wild. <laughs> this story is insane. <laughs> Uh, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis are now responding to the accusations from uh, their former nanny, and they put out a joint statement. With as much crap as these two are going through and how it seems like they actually hate each other, for them to come together and put out a joint statement does say a lot. Listen, did they come together or did their two publicists? Okay, what are you going to say? I don't think they spoke. I think their two publicists or their team spoke. Their lawyers may have spoke. Yeah, so they didn't but speak. If, you, if you're interested in the very juicy stories that this nanny is allegedly putting out there, and they are calling false, they are all over the Daily Mail. Um, the nanny had basically got in and divulged all kinds of alleged private details about the time leading up to their split, saying that they were a happy couple on the beach in September, and then the next month she was uh, packing up her bags and moving in with Harry Styles, and that Jason was basically blindsided by the whole situation, and that she had told Harry, no, no, um, you know, I'm done with my husband when the nanny is claiming that just wasn't the case and that it the, the nanny made it seem like she definitely stepped out of the marriage to go be with Harry Styles because he was the younger, hotter, more successful person. So you're saying, based on what the nanny said, the person who looks like the bigger asshole is Olivia out of this, correct? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, but there was something else that the nanny said about Jason being like crying and like in front of the car. There was some the, other the more... The nanny said that at one point... She, uh, Olivia allegedly um, 
I guess, went to go leave the family home to be with Harry Styles, and Jason laid down behind the wheels of her car so that she wouldn't be able to leave. These are wild. It's a it's wild thing, Here's right? A, can, can I throw out a weird conspiracy idea? Yeah. So this nanny saying all this stuff, right, makes Olivia look really bad. Is there any chance that Jason <laughs> said, I want the nanny to go talk? Because it sounds like the nanny and him like traveled together and did stuff. I wonder if he's like, I want you to go tell your story. Because it makes her like, even if he, there's some story details about him that are bad, it still makes her look 10 times worse. So do you, here's the thing. So this nanny, how does the nanny get in touch with Daily Mail? And why did the nanny decide to speak? Do you think Daily Mail, she contacted someone or she knew someone said Daily Mail paid her for the story? I don't know. But... what? Because why would she even talk? Because now you, all of a sudden she's probably going to where, where get the, sued. Like, these are two celebrities. How did they not have like a non-disclosure agreement? Exactly. There had been an NDA, but she's now probably getting herself into some legal issues by speaking. You know, it's defamation. Well, There's, they would have... That's the thing. Unless it's true... And Jason is like, like, I, this sounds horrible. Like, again, conspiracy theory. This is not accurate. This is me just theorizing hypothetically what could have be the real case. But I could, because these two are so nasty and you've seen some of the tactics that they've gone through, I don't feel like it's a far-fetched idea to think maybe he is encouraging the nanny to continue to talk. And that's why we haven't seen any lawsuits. So Dax thinks that Jason Sudeikis may allegedly had something to do with this. And again, we're just trying to be uh, where the tinfoil hat a little bit or just make a question because this is how the business works. It's just weird because you don't normally get like nannies talking about this kind of stuff so quickly after. And I do feel that it makes Olivia look really, really bad because the, the nanny is essentially saying, yeah, she went out of the marriage, she stepped out. Not only that, she was sleeping a, or swimming in the pool naked while she was supposedly with Harry. So now she looks bad to Harry as well. Like, she just looks bad to, to everyone. That's the only reason I'm like, I wonder if um, her talking to the Daily Mail is blessed by someone in the camp. Yeah, I just question uh, why the nanny spoke. Why, who, how did you get in touch with the Daily Mail? What made you decide to speak? How did you not sign an NDA? Knowing that this was going to get into possibly legal issues for yourself, how are you going to get yourself out of it? You know, like, mm -hmm. you're about to get sued, possibly, and it's going to be a lot of money. It's going to suck. So I don't know. There's a lot of I'm curious know. how I the got story so ends many up. Questions. Yeah, but I did think it was funny how Olivia Wilde, you know, part of the story was about this crazy uh, salad dressing recipe and Olivia Wilde responded on social media by uh, showing off her the recipe. So I thought that was a, a you know, cool of Olivia, Olivia kind of just having fun. I wouldn't say having fun with the story, but saying, hey, because everyone started talking about this recipe. It's like, yeah. all right, I have to throw a joke on this. All right. The number one story of the week, Dex. Number one story of the week is that, wait a second. Did I click on the wrong one? No, no. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry. I saw Conan O'Brien's name came up and I was like, no, no, no. I didn't 
Conan O'Brien wasn't the lead one. It was James Corden being, um, you know, shunned out of this restaurant, Baltazar. If you have been living under a rock, you didn't hear about this story, but this was probably the biggest story. Um, he apparently was just an a-hole to uh, one of the, the, the waiters at Baltazar. And this happened not once, but twice over the last couple months, to which the owner went, his, the owner's name is Keith McNally, went on social media ripped him apart and said he is now banned from Balthazar. Well, because of all of that, James apparently apologized profusely. He called up the owner and said, hey, I am so sorry for being a tough customer. Um, and so Keith then went on social media and said, James Corden just called me and apologized profusely. Having effed up myself more than most people, I strongly believe in second chances. So he is now no longer banned from Baltazar. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's crazy how much how big of a story this became. Everyone was talking about it, maybe because it's James Corden, and I think you know we talk about it in our private Facebook group off the record that you know James Corden, you know people think he's this the nicest guy, but in person he you know he's not the guy that you see on TV. Um, I've only met him once. I talk about my experience with, I mean, my experience was, I'll tell you, I've met him once on the street. I didn't even mm-hmm. try to shoot him with my camera. I was just like, hey, huge fan of you. Like, I just enjoy what you do. And I just kind of get a photo with you. He was like, yeah, sure. And he, get, he took a photo with me. He wasn't warm about it, but he wasn't a dick about it. He was like, yeah, he was just he was like very business. Like, he wasn't smiling. Like, you know, whereas when you meet Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon's like the guy you want him to be. When you meet Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal's the guy you want him to be. When you meet James Corden, I don't know if he's the guy you want him to be. Does that make sense? Yep. That's why I okay. don't want to meet him because I actually like him. Yeah. I, I, I think he – well, it's um, – yeah, but it was crazy. Everyone jumped on this story. And then uh, obviously James Corden had to respond to this story. And I think the owner was surprised how big of – the story this yeah, he, became. he didn't he he actually started to feel bad keith started to feel bad that he's like wow you know i say one thing it turns into this massive viral story and corden gets shit all over i mean in one part i think you realize the power of social media you don't even have to be a big star to get the word out there about someone um but yeah i think I do appreciate that James had the balls to call him up and apologize. I think yeah. there is something to be said there with that because I also can't expect celebs to always be on their best behavior every second of the day, every moment. People fuck up, a bad moment happens, they overreact, but not everyone says sorry. So for him to own up to it and apologize, I, I think, is a good thing. So actually, you know, it's funny. So this app happened at this restaurant called Balthazar in New York City. It's in Soho. It's a very famous spot. It's been there for years. Very popular. Tons of celebrities go there. I was there last Saturday night, okay? Mm-hmm. I was there last Saturday night. And who do I see at the table when I first walk in is uh, a director, an Oscar, an Academy Award winning, uh, was he director or writer? Academy Award winner, Filmmaker, I should say. I'll just say filmmaker. Paul Haggis. Do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. He did the yeah, movie yeah. Uh, Crashing. Was that the one that he won the Crash. award on? Crash. Crash. So he won yep. a few years ago. He won the Oscar for doing Crash. And it was a huge movie. A very successful. Ago, like what? 15 years ago? Was it 15? Was it that long ago now? Yeah, bro. That was back in like 2005 or something. <laughs> you know, you could, you're probably right. Anyway, so I walk in. He's the first person sitting when I, I'm like, oh, sure. There's Paul Haggis. I didn't say anything to him. I saw him. He doesn't know who I am. And then all of a sudden, later on, I'm standing outside the restaurant, and Paul Haggis comes out. 
and he sees me and I was just like, you know, I, like he's like smoking a cigarette right next to me. And I just, I, you know, if I know who they are, I always say a little something to him. I was like, hey man, big fan. And are you familiar with Paul Haggis? He's right now on, he's right now on trial for like rape pretty much. And uh, it's a pretty big story. He uh, basically like nearly a decade ago, he's like being accused of raping a publicist. And uh, it's a pretty big lawsuit going on. And he comes out and he's like, oh, thank you so much. How you doing? Beautiful night in New York City. And we just start talking. And we're sitting there talking outside of the restaurant. And we're talking, talking. And then eventually he goes, so what do you do? And that's when my stomach hurts because I'm like, oh, man, do I tell this guy who's in the middle of a huge lawsuit where he's being accused of raping a woman that I'm a journalist? No, and, you, say uh, I'm a valet. you say I'm a valet. And you walk <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, ah, well, I'm a journalist. You know, I always seen you before and we start talking about it. But I could just tell like the energy of the conversation because he was super nice changed once I told him I was a journalist. And then he was like rushing himself. He's like, ah, all right, I'm going to go back. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Like, I, you know, like, I, you know, I was just like, I felt bad. I was like, uh, yeah, sorry, dude. I was like, I actually do like your, I did like that movie. And, uh, you know, but hey, it got weird. You can like the movie, but it doesn't mean you have to like the person. And clearly, if any of that's true, then he was very nice to me. Associate with him. Yeah, he was very nice to me. But the conversation changed once I told him I was a journalist, obviously. But, uh, Balthazar, good restaurant, solid spot. If you want to see a celebrity go there any night, I'm sure there's good chances that you'll run into some noteworthy person that you uh, you know might see. But that's our top 10 stories of the week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at, at Hollywood Raw Pod. Leave a review. Go to Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Raw on iTunes, I guess, and our podcast app. And go all the way to bottom. Search the bottom. And uh, you'll see... The- Easy way to leave a review. Just leave a review. Leave a, think, uh, you know, leave one for us. We always say it. It's the easiest way for us to start moving up the charts. Another one, other people do. Discover us. Come hang out with us on the private Facebook group uh, off the record. That is where we're having so much fun chatting with you guys, seeing your responses to the episodes. I love seeing that we had some sleuth this week, um, you know, during our conversation with Clint he had said that he took photos of a couple on the misty beach um, and that, uh, that someone from his camp reached out to get those photos so they could put them out on the, I guess, print them out and everything. Well, I think one of our, um, our Facebook friends found the photos. So if you want to see the photos, they are posted <laughs> inside the Facebook group off the record. Um, anyway, that is it. You can follow Adam at Adam Glenn. You can follow me at Dax Holt. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later. See ya. A Huda Media Production.